One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello Egg Chasers, welcome to episode 17 of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast with me Tim and with the usual suspects JB Hi Tim And Phil Hi Tim uh, First off, how did you get on? Did you play this weekend for JB? I had a wonderful oh, weekend you, oh, you had a weekend off I, didn't you? I had a weekend you? off um, I w- watched the second team play and I can tell you this for nothing I can't wait to retire and just be one of those guys in a blazer and a tank, tankard of ale and just watch the games every week <laughs> and shout horrible things at my own players you can't wait to become an Alakadu. I can't wait. Is that a phrase? Because I only I never was never aware of that phrase until it's, I moved to Manchester. I've never heard of it either until I went to Broughton Park. I, it took me ages to realise what an Alakadu was. All right. So if you're not aware, if you're not from Manchester, if it is just Manchester, I don't know. It's basically one of the old boys that's exactly as JB describes: tankard, blazer, turn up at Saturday just to get out of the house from under the feet of their misses. Rugby yeah. hater, rugby hater. Every yeah. decision to the ref is rugby hater. <laughs> Let the boys play. Phil, you're still injured. Your shoulder? Uh, yeah, still injured. So went down to watch Sedgley versus Chester. Good game, good performance, particularly first half by Sedgley, and they won pretty comfortably in the end. Uh, I was half expecting uh, Tom Foden, who featured in our Run to the Litter 15, to be there, but he wasn't. <laughs> However, there was another uh, rugby player who's featured in one of our... No, sorry, not in our 15, in Rugby Oki. Really? Really. Wow. Who would this be? Who would be at Sedgley Sengley- Park? Andrew would- Sheridan. No, he wouldn't be there. No. Is it Rugby League player? It is not. Is it that young Leicester winger? It is that young Leicester winger. He was in oh, the sevens. Well done, Tim. Who's now... Um, Forget his name. Tahir something, something. He's yeah. known as Cookie. Ah. Been training at Sedgley for the past couple of months. This is him. Ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough, uh, baby. You know if you no. need me, call me. No matter where you are, no matter how far, don't worry, baby. That's uh, Tahir El Madi. Uh, Cookie, as he's known to his Ah, How come you got that nickname, Cookie? I have no idea. Speaking of nicknames, I think we should touch on this in a future podcast, but looking at, looking at some of the people that are going on JB Stag Do, <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite disturbing, some of the nicknames. I'm a bit nervous about your Stag Do, just purely on the fact there's someone going called Cheese. Yep, Cheese. How, uh, did, this, what, how did the name Cheese come about? You don't want to be worried about Cheese. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually don't know. Oh, I do know, actually, but I, I can't say on air. Seriously, that's I what I, I was worried about. I can't say that. Paxo? Paxo, surname is Paxman. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> I thinking stuffing, I don't want to know. <laughs> right, here's a question for you then. I don't know if you've seen this, but Sebastian Chabot is in an advert. I have and seen it. You, you've seen it, have you, Phil? Yes. Wait, uh, what are they advertising? A currency website 
to, get the, he is. to get the best deal on your currency. And he's playing the role of a fairy. And uh, this is Seabass's performance. Fairy music. Stop right there. Don't even think of pressing that button. You guys need to try currency fair. You could get more for your money. Et voilà. He's an angel, isn't he? Actually, I'm a fairy. <laughs> the currency fairy. Salut. He's in big orange wings. Wow. Uh, there's some outtakes as well. I think well. it's about time that people start smashing the stereotypes of fairies. For too long, fairies <laughs> have just been typecasters, dainty or you know, well, vulnerable. Right, well, based no. on that stereotype and typecast, I would, I would have said that Seabass would be one of the last people you'd expect to be playing the role of a fairy in an advert from the rugby fraternity, but who, <laughs> who would be the most likely to? I've got two. Most fairyish, Reese Priestland. Right? <laughs> most likely to dress like a fairy... James Haskell. I, I actually had Haskell as well. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yeah. Just Haskell, if, you wouldn't expect him, but, well, you wouldn't expect him looking at him, but kind of knowing his personality. Exactly. That. If you had, like, a, a wardrobe full of clothes and buried in that wardrobe was a fairy outfit, James Haskell would find it and wear it. Uh, I had two as well. Well, three, but two of them kind of come as a pair. Go on. So we had Ronan O'Gara. <laughs> yeah, Just same in, as Priestland. Yeah. So, that's so true. Um... And the two blonde Harlequins, um, Hopper, Hopper, Hopper and, and Walker, Char- Charlie Walker, yeah, yeah. But no, no one does contact better than Reese Priestland. Well, oh, well, doesn't do contact as yeah. well as Reese Priestland. No one avoids contact better than Reese Priestland. <laughs> Some of the uh, highlight reels of Ronan O'Gara trying to tackle people. I've had enough Incredible. Time. I'm going to seek that one out. Uh, right. Well, listen. Um, we've got something really big and exciting which is happening this next week. Which I mean. Just the thought of it is is making me feel incredibly like my heart rate is going. I'm just getting excited. There's a huge moment in rugby. All rugby fans across the world unite at this time of year because there's something huge on the horizon. I know you're going to be as excited as I am, JB and Phil. The incredible action that you see on the rugby field that is brought about by the LV Cup. Is it back? The LV Cup is Cut back. back. Woo! Yes! Come on! <laughs> yes! A tournament simply to sell the products of Liverpool Victoria. I love it! <laughs> I love it! So here is... They're a great insurer. <laughs> <laughs> here is uh, JB's highlights to look forward to of this weekend's LV Cup. And that was JB's highlights <laughs> of this weekend's LV Cup, which is coming up. There we go. It's, uh, it's a huge moment. I'm so glad it's back. Uh, let's talk about the transfers then, because the merry-go-round has started. The signings, re-signings, movement of players is well and truly on. Of course, they can start talking on the 1st of January. We're now well into January, getting on for February. And a lot of deals have already been done and some yet to be announced. Yeah, and some people have announced that they're leaving their current club but haven't yeah. yet announced where they're going, although there's obviously a lot of speculation as that it's already decided. The, t- the sale pair, Gaskell and Henry Thomas. They yeah. have announced Henry Thomas still. Have they, they've announced them both. Oh, is it Gaskell announced? Leaving. They haven't announced where they're going, but they haven't announced... No, I'm sure no, Henry Thomas is def- I'm sure it's been announced. I don't think it's been confirmed. Everyone knows, everyone he's knows Bath. it's Bath, with Perenisi obviously move, the tight head prop moving to Bristol, ah. alongside... It's a bad loss out of them. Peel, 
um, of sale and potentially Ryan Jones going to Bristol as well. Yeah, that one as well. Has that happened? Again, I don't think it's quite been confirmed yet. Yeah. So Osprey's going to lose Ian Evans they're, they've lost Ryan Jones. Yeah, and Hibbard. And Hibbard. Wow. Yeah, Lions. They're going to lose Adam Jones. Uh, no, apparently not. Really? Apparently not. Apparently he says he's too old to go anywhere else and he quite likes being at home. Yeah, that, that's the interview I read, mm. but yeah. I'm, I'm not there's, so there's sure. No if, noise, if, some, is there? if someone offers him £300,000 a year compared yeah. to whatever he's on at Ospreys... And is he really too old to stand on a field and push? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he'd almost be silly not to take it. Gutted if you were a Sail Sharks fan at the minute because you've got a 22-year-old England squad member, looks like he's a future star, Henry Thomas. At the age of 22, he, I don't know if he's quite where Dan Cole was at the age of 22, but he's not too far behind. Well, he, Dan, Dan Cole was still... At 22, was he still playing at... Um, well, he had spells at Bedford, Bedford and, yeah. and Nottingham, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was in the late part, just before he was twenty-three, he got his first cap for England because there was ah, a couple right. of injuries off the bench okay. in Six Nations. But yeah, you're right. In the same season that he played for England, he also was on loan at Nottingham. You're right. It is a shame that because they have a good young front row. And you think about Tommy Taylor as well, who I know mm. you're a massive fan, uh, massive fan. I of. am a big fan of his. Yeah, it's yeah, and Ross Harrison. Ross Harrison's a promising player. Yeah, he's got a lot of potential. That's a big blow that for And sale. Tighthead is so hard to replace. They're, they're worth yeah. their weight in gold, aren't they? They'll have yeah. to spend big money to get a good replacement. Mm. The the word is that James Gattles, well, James Gattles has been confirmed by Sail Sharks, he's definitely leaving, but the word is he's going to Wasps. If that if that is the case, some people have, I mean, some Sail fans, bearing in mind he's a local lad from just down the road in Cheshire, some people have said that um, they're a bit gutted that he's going to a club that's that's not any bigger. This is yeah. exactly the sort of chat which I love to avoid. It's like the football thing, isn't it? Who's the bigger club? I mean, it, it clearly is Wasps, actually. But Yeah. and it, I've not got the figures in front of me, but if you looked at the average attendance in a Wasp match this season and yeah. the, the sale match... The last thing I'd want is rugby fans to be strutting around like, like idiot football fans saying, we're a big club, we're a massive club. I don't know what that means. What's mm. the criteria? Well, all right, then we'll bring it back to rugby. I, one thing I've been saying is that I reckon... Wasps would be a good move for James Gaskell because they, as a club, have a real emphasis more so than most other clubs on the kind of physical side of the game. And I reckon James Haskell, loads of skill and stuff. If he if he put a couple of kgs more on, wait, James Haskell or James, James Gaskell? Sorry, it's going to be confusing. Be confusing isn't it? I was thinking this. James Gaskell. If he puts a couple more kgs on, he could be well, back, maybe, back in the reckoning for Saxons. Maybe and that stuff. is the plan. Make but, him live with James Haskell till he gets massive. Yeah. James, Has- you'll just have to put a G over all the H's on James Haskell's shirts. And- exactly. In fact, they, they, yeah, they, they're going to save, save money there on kit and all sorts. Yeah. So, so it makes financial sense, doesn't it? Uh, what, but yeah, what- I, I would love to see uh, Gaskell put on a bit of timber because some of his breaks, his pace is fast. He's electrifying. He's very much like Tom Croft. It's not just he's, he's like Tom Croft, not quite as good. Yeah, just not quite as strong, yeah, not quite well, as fast, not quite as dynamic. But he's got a lot of potential. So I'd love to 23, see that. Still twenty-three. Still twenty-three. Yeah, yeah, that's quite young. frightening how young he is still. Put put five five kilograms well, on was, him in the off season. What are the big sort of transfer news is there, Phil? Um, I'll, do, I'll give you the one which filled me with horror. Not because he's a bad player. Yeah. But Thomas Waldron going oh, yeah. to Exeter filled me with terror. It's an interesting signing for them because I imagine three year deal for him. Yeah, yeah, it's a three year deal, and I imagine that Waldron, given that he's an England international and he's got Super Rugby experience, he'll command and he's been at Leicester, he'll command quite a high yeah, salary. Absolutely. Um, so I'm a bit surprised that at 
extra go in there. Wouldn't... Do you know why it's scary? When they've already got Dave Ewers. Big Dave. Uh, is there a plan to move Big Dave on? No. They can't no be, can way, they? No can't, way, they wouldn't, no they wouldn't way. do that to me. No. no. <laughs> I mean, no, they, they wouldn't, wouldn't do that, that. would they? <laughs> but no, think about it. If you, were, if you were Thomas Waldrum and you're, what is he, 30, 31? 31, yeah. Thirty-one. So he's kind of he, he, actually the attraction of a three-year deal guaranteed. There wouldn't be many clubs that would offer a three-year deal. True. So do you and reckon, I reckon I reckon maybe Exeter have paid a bit less. Yeah. But give guaranteed him three years of. Contract. Apparently they like they like him as a guy as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean like you know he's he, you know, he's great on the beers and you know good at high fiving, but like <laughs> apparently he's very he, uh, he's very good good in the change room model pro. Although he doesn't it, look like a model the shape pro. of a, shape of a model pro. Hmm. Hmm, this is inter- this is an interesting one. But I, I think what you've just described, Cocker, is exactly what's happened. That he's accepted a slightly lower salary for the longer deal, which which kind of I can completely understand. At the age of thirty-one, age. one yeah. injury, and you kind of here's a weird one. Then. Um, most of the time, when you get hold of a number eight, they can play six or something like that. I've not seen anything to suggest that either Ewers or Waldron can play anywhere else other than eight. Well, yeah, but you need more than one eight. Yeah, yeah. Know, but I'm sure two, like, they'll top. be able to fill in at six. I'm sure Ewers has played six a couple of times this season, hasn't he? Uh, I don't think he has. I've not seen it because mm. uh, they've got they've got Tom Johnson that nails that down. Uh, it just seems a lot of money to a lot of money to spend on depth. Well, that's the next step for Exeter, though, isn't it? True, it is because you, you, if they're trying to qualify for the quarterfinals of the Heineken Cup, they'll Qu- need that depth. Quality players to come off the bench, or quality players when someone's injured. So I wonder if Leicester have got an, an, another number eight lined up because mm, Gaskell potentially. Interesting. There, there was some word that they'd, they'd spoken to Gaskell, but again, smart money's on a move to Wasp for but, him. But. Mm. Again, if, if I was a Leicester fan, it'd fill me with dread thinking that we're going to go into the season with our best number eight being Jordan, Jordan. Crane. Yeah, they can't. Oh, no. oh God, no. Um, he's flat to deceive, hasn't he? He's never quite lived up to the promise. Yeah, definitely not. Well, they've also confirmed that Toulon have met all of Halfpenny's release demands. I, I just they don't... need more fullbacks. I think I think that's what it comes I just down. Yeah, I just don't desperate for fullbacks. I just don't understand. No, I don't understand. Uh, one person who won't be playing before the end of the season, as we found out, is uh, Ewan Murray. And oh, that's he... not because all of their games are on Sundays. Worcester, that are on Sundays. <laughs> he is at Worcester, yeah. One, wonderful signing by, 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 by Worcester, by the way. <laughs> wonderful. Real forward looking there. <laughs> well, Ewan Murray got injured chopping wood. A career ending injury, it's not a career, a season ending injury. Chopping wood. It was a Dean Ryan team building excursion. Was he building a cross? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was an arc, actually. <laughs> they've been underwater in Worcester, yeah. haven't they? <laughs> well, it could be helpful. Yeah, it was a one man arc for Dean Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> pushing, yeah. pushing him off. <laughs> Bye, Dean. <laughs> Best of luck. Uh, uh, yeah, but they've described it as a substantial thumb injury they've not said exactly what's happened but oh my god if it's chopping wood so it involves an axe and it's a substantial Dean... thumb in- injury yeah. that could be pretty nasty only Dean Ryan could take his um, £100,000 athletes which you know they get paid every, every year give them an axe and tell them to chop, chop things to do team building after their eighth loss well, well they got a win at the weekend. Yes. Oh, did they? Yeah, maybe maybe the wood chopping made the difference. That's uh, maybe I take it all and back. And also, Jesus was a carpenter, so I'm sure you and Murray <laughs> probably would have oh, appreciated the, it anyway. Oh, the irony! Um, oh, the irony! Worcester's win on Saturday. Did yeah. you see the tweet that I favourited from Worcester from the, their official Twitter oh, no. account? I hope they don't listen to this. Um, <laughs> so the tweet was: Warriors have beaten a side. 
that have beaten some of the French top 14's <laughs> elite sides. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, <laughs> oh, so they, bless them! So they beat they beat Oyonnax twenty thirteen, and uh, so I went went through Oyonnax's um, their results this year, and they they've beaten some good sides. Yeah, they beat Clermont, they beat Cass, they beat uh, Toulon, all at home, Perpignan, Breve, but they beat Toulon. Heineken, reigning Heineken Cup champions and cast reigning top 14 champions. Well, maybe this is just the start of an upwards trajectory for Worcester then. Well, in my mind, that makes Worcester the reigning Heineken Cup champions and the reigning top 14 now, champions. I now, want to pick, pick a hole in this argument, but I don't think I can. With that on Dean Ryan's CV, yeah. he could go to any club he wanted. Yeah, he could. And it looks like he might. <laughs> Well, there you go. Eat your words, JB. Back in your box. <laughs> oh. Well, we're going to get to the Heineken Cup, uh, Amelie Challenge Cup action in a couple of minutes' time and a really amazing stat that Phil has brought to the table. We've even got handouts. I love it when Phil brings handouts. Exactly. To, uh, Two weeks to in a row. So we'll get to that in a minute. But while we're on the subject of tweets, after that brilliant tweet from Worcester Warriors, I've got a return of Rugby Social yes! to play. Yes! Of course, in clubhouses up and down the land, rugby socials uh, will be going on. But this is rugby social, as in social media. So what I've got is I've got some tweets from rugby players and I'm going to give you some multiple choice questions. You have to see what you reckon. So the first one is a tweet which has come from Freddie Burns. (laughs) What does Freddie Burns nut in? Is it? <laughs> Sorry, what? What does Freddie Burns nut in? Is that the way he's phrased it? Yeah, that's right, the way he's okay. phrased it. Is it Louisa on Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother, for being an irritating tool? Is it Simon Cowell for having a head shaped like a 50 pence piece? Or is it Joe Band Brand for being a ridiculous judge on Splash? Right, okay. What has been doing Freddie Burns nut in? Okay, let's go through this. Would you be watching Splash? When's it on? Saturday nights. What, is it, what would he be doing? Preparing for the Perpignan game. So he might have watched Splash. X Factor, is that back on? No. Is there some American X Factor? Or mm. Britain's Got Talent? Something like that? Could have read a paper. Simon Cowell's about to have a baby. He's in is the he? paper a lot. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to not... I, know, I, didn't, s- I didn't know he had that in him. <laughs> I really didn't. I didn't think he had that in him. Wow. So, so what we know about Freddie Burns is he's a reality TV fan. Mm. I'm, I'm going to go for the Celebrity Big Brother one. Mm. I know I would um, I would like to see that dappy fella dressed up in rugby kit and then thrown into the bottom, <laughs> bottom of a rock. Does that, does that count? Yep. I, it's going to have to be Celebrity Big Brother. Yes. Correct. Get well in. played, well played. Right, next one comes from Joe Marler. <laughs> what did Joe Marler say... To Nick Griffin would help bankruptcy. Nick Griffin, this the, is uh... the uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick Griffin, the BMP <laughs> leader. Um, Ma- sorry, I'm thinking of Peter Griffin. No, <laughs> family, <It's> okay. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Joe Marler said to Nick Griffin on Twitter that this one of these would help bankruptcy. Would it be licking his butthole? Would it be licking his armpit after a weight session, or licking between his toes? Now he's said to Nick Griffin, I'll tell you, Nick Griffin, what would help bankruptcy? Licking his butthole, licking his armpit after a weight session, 
or licking between his toes. So is this Nick Griffin licking his own body parts or li- licking Joe Marler's? Joe Marler's offering an incentive for him to do this. Oh, yeah. so Joe Marler is some kind of fetishist. Or just wants to punish Nick oh, maybe, Griffin. Maybe, perhaps. Mm, I don't know. Well, I don't think he's flexible enough to do his... Uh, so not is come on, I don't, you have come to, on, have to overthink this one. Yeah, it's, it's good. I'll, I'll, I don't think we're going to see on national a, television Nick Griffin going. Here's how I want to win your. It's votes. all. It, it's got to be armpit after weight session. I'm going to go for bumhole, but slightly less politely. Put. JB, <laughs> you're wrong. God damn, Phil, you're right. Yeah, Joe Marler suggested Nick Griffin licked his bumhole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, and one more then it comes from Richard Hibbard. Who has also been watching television, but which television show was Richard Hibbard very excited about uh, and raving about on Twitter? Was it Geordie Shaw, Sherlock, or The Andrew Marr Show? It has to be with Hibbard. What a scumbag. It's got to be Geordie Shaw. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can see Geordie Shaw, like the Valleys, the rest of it. I can't see him, Andrew Marr Show. That seems a little bit too left field for you just to throw in there. Do you know what? Because it's so left field. I'm going to go with the Andrew Moore show. Mm. Well, Geordie Shaw. <coughs> wrong. Ugh. The Andrew Moore show. <coughs> wrong. Oh. It was Sherlock. Which means Phil wins two to one. Yes. Damn it. That was Rugby Social. Good game. Great game. game. One of the best. (laughs) Shall we talk Heineken Cup then? Yes, please. Uh, What was your pick of the weekend's action? Can I just point out before we do this, I didn't see as much of the rugby as I wanted to over the weekend because during the Sunday's fixtures, I was running 13 miles. I don't know how anyone does a full marathon. I did a half marathon as part of my training for a marathon and it is ridiculous how painful your knees are. What's the furthest you run? Uh, About 3k. Because rugby players don't generally tend to do it. From your house, yeah. <laughs> it's about two hundred yards. Less, well, yeah, but sixty I, or seventy meters. But I sprint. All right, okay, fair enough. So I didn't see as much as possible on Sunday, but so you'll have to help me out with that one. But what was your pick of the weekend then, JB? Um, I was going to say Leicester, Leicester, Ulster, but actually, I, I watched a bit of the Claremont game. I know it was against Racing, but they just looked so incredibly powerful. And when Vincent, how was his name? Debatti. Debatti. Yeah, yeah. Debatti scored. He looked like he was going to break break down in tears. He he he, he looked thir- thoroughly emotional because that um, was the fourth try. Yeah, uh, and did that guarantee them a? It, well, it did. I think they were already there, but it definitely guaranteed them a home quarter final. Uh, so, something about that game. It was very very wet. It was miserable. The Claremont crowd were going absolutely crazy. Their crowds, uh, they unbelievable, are, isn't it? They are incredible. I've actually been to a Claremont game. I've been stuff from say Claremont in Paris, and they bought a huge crowd. Really, and they were marching with like banners and stuff it was unbelievable I'd like to see the meet Munster well one of the picks from, from my weekend was Munster's performance mm. and again the crowd is incredible there but stand up and fight and yeah <laughs> but no Munster looked really good powerful pack um, against an Edinburgh team oh. that defended valiantly at times but also folded very easily at that times. rugby hater and this is a, a, the correct uh, the description for Wayne Bonds rugby hater <laughs> because he, he, he was reffing right he was yeah disallowing that try through like the eight pairs of hands for a forward pass compliance around the laws was it forward <sighs> not enough to give it <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, it was a beautiful I'll beautiful piece of rugby though great yeah great move great piece of rugby 
what one of my picks of the weekend was I quite liked how teams that had no chance of qualifying for the quarterfinals still absolutely went for it and were desperately trying to get Amelin Challenge Cup places. Well, there's a notable mention for Exeter, who yeah, got yeah. egg on our faces for me and Phil because we predicted a Cardiff win and we then did. and then tried to goad you into picking Exeter. No goading needed. <laughs> and uh, you predicted an Exeter win in our Friday podcast last week and, uh, yeah, they came out with a victory. But Harlequins as well, I loved how much they battled to get that win away at Scarlet's to get into the Amelin Challenge Cup. Scarlet's, are, I know they've lost to pretty much every, every game that they played, but they've lost them well, if, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, they've got a very young team and they just seem to be running everyone close. The scrum half scored a great try after a break yeah, from... Davies, yeah, Davies, yeah. Gareth Davies after a break from Jordan Williams. Yeah, they, they, they don't seem to have much of a problem scoring, which is quite yeah. interesting. So that, that was that was one of my picks. But obviously, let's talk for a second about what was the big showdown match. Uh, Leicester, Ulster. Yeah. Richard Cockrell was gutted. Although, yeah. although tried to put a brave face in it. Obviously, both teams qualified for the quarterfinals, but a home fixture does look like it could be crucial. Yeah, and... Leicester going to Claremont. To Claremont, who haven't been beaten at home for God knows how long. 71 matches. Is that, is that what it's 71 at now? games at home unbeaten. Oh my wow. goodness. That is phenomenal, isn't it? I don't know what, what they're going to do because they looked, towards the end, they looked powerless in the, um, in the scrum. For me, their props just blew up. Leicester had both their props on for 80 minutes, as Grayson pointed out when we spoke to yeah. him the other week. That was week. a really good point by Paul Grayson last week, on last week's podcast. Where if you haven't you heard last week's podcast, it was BT special. We went down to rugby tonight and there was uh, Austin Healy, Ben Kay and Paul Grayson. Yeah, well worth having a listen to. That was a really good point, actually. But, but uh, Tommy Court had come on for Ulster, who's not a great scrummager. Like, um, Dan Cole's destroyed him in the past for England against Ireland. And Leicester had the upper hand in the scrums when he came on and then all of a sudden it flipped yep. and, and Ulster, it really Ulster, flipped as and well and Ulster won a couple of penalties back to back was it a forward uh, a forward the forward was still on yeah, yeah forward he, did play the 18 minutes and he, he was smashing it towards the end yeah absolutely smashing it he's going to be a great signing for Gloucester him yeah. and Hibbard that's going to make a massive isn't difference isn't it yeah Nick Wood Richard Hibbard John and now you're talking because Gloucester actually showed that they can when they get ball that they can really use it with that, mm. that back line. Mm. So, yeah, I think that will make a huge difference to them. But yeah. going back to the Leicester-Ulster game, it was really good game. Like, it was so tight, so close, because obviously whoever won that was guaranteed a home uh, home quarter-final. And again, it just seems like Leicester is just carrying too much dead too much dead wood. I, I, I keep saying it. Too much dead wood. I don't know about dead wood. It's just that you've got squad players that are playing in starting positions like Matt Smith in a yeah. Heineken Cup shootout match I mean he's a good, great club player and he can slot in on the wing in se- inside centre outside centre brilliant squad player you'd want him on the bench but in a big match you'd have Tuolagi yeah yeah. and, and, what, and, and what a difference guys like that make they lost Matthew Tate at half time and Scott Hamilton while he's a good experienced player again he doesn't have Scott Hamilton is exactly the kind of player which I'm talking about when I talk about dead weight they're squad players at at the moment, they're not f- starting players and they're having to play for much longer than they would otherwise have played. Yeah. There's some really good players there that they're missing in, in key positions. I do think, though, their back row, I mean, obviously you put Tom Croft in and it looks a bit different, but their back row is in need of some attention. I've noticed, brilliant player as he is, Julian Salvi started to miss a few tackles. And I, know, I, I, I think Julian Salvi's an excellent he's, player. He's, well. he, no, he is an excellent player, but he's, I've noticed in recent weeks of quite a few mistakes that he started to make. 
age-related decline. Well, period. again, but he's playing every single game, and that true, it might just true. be that he's playing every game. Well, uh, let's hope that the LV Cup that gets arrested, that he gets arrested a few guys and come back healthier for the. For, for the, for the Don't year. mention the LV Cup without without me being able to to give it the full build-up you want. Sorry, <laughs> ca- carry on and mention the LV Cup again. Sorry. Uh, well, hopefully during the LV Cup, they'll play their strong, strongest team and really put on a great performance because it's the LV Cup. <laughs> Bad times have injuries just pre the LV Cup. Right, well, listen, uh, there's, that, that was the uh, the quarterfinals. If you haven't heard, I'm sure you have. Claremont of v Leicester. Looks like a home win. Mm. Mon- yeah. Munster to lose. Oof, that's too hard to call that. Yeah, that's a... Toman Park's a big factor. Oh, they're away. Uh, to lose a visiting Munster. Yeah. <laughs> Toulon host Leinster. That, that that's woo! the pick of the round for me. They're all what awesome, awesome games. And Ulster Saracens. And that which is obviously a repeat of last year's quarterfinal where yeah. Saracens beat Ulster. Yeah. Admittedly at uh, uh, Alli- the Allianz or was it? I think I'd still uh, go for uh, Wembley, I think. Oh, yeah. I think I'd still go for a Saracens win there though. Right, well, Phil has brought a handout, and I'm just going to tee this one up a little bit for you, Phil, because when you look at those quarter-finalists, it's Ireland, three, France, three... No, hold on. Yeah. Yeah, Ireland, three, France, three, England, two, the qualifying positions, not because they won the pool, and no Welsh provinces. Now, JB, you have long said that this is great and you don't mind the Welsh regions being yeah, poor because matter. because there are Welsh internationals playing at all the top clubs and playing really high level and they're getting exposed to the to the best rugby there is. Go on, Phil. Well, in I've done a little uh, chart showing the nationalities of the players who will be competing in those quarterfinals based on the lineup last weekend, the match day 23, and there are 60 players from Ireland uh, who are eligible to represent Ireland, 39 from France, 34 from England, and two Welshmen in, in the quarterfinals. Uh, yeah. that, that being Lee Byrne at Claremont and Owen Williams, who was on the bench, on the bench. For, for Leicester. One person in the starting 15. One Welshman in the starting 15 yeah, from one so of the quarterfinalists. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, it, it kind of goes against my point. I mean, I think... Well, one of the reasons that Phil, uh, Phil did this was... We were talking about it doesn't really matter about the teams as long as the individuals are playing. Yeah. And actually, there are no Welsh individuals. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, uh, I think these games, the next round of Highland Cup are played after the Six Nations. So it's not going to have any real material effect, uh, uh, effect on the international teams. But it'll be interesting to see how Wales do in, in, uh, yeah. in the Six Nations and you know, what, you know, what the, what the knock, knock-on effect, effect of that actually is. So if you look at that, Scotland have actually got more players... Then Wales, Scotland have got three. Um, there well, are as many Georgians true. in the quarterfinals but of the Heineken Cup as there are Welsh. There's only one Tongan. Uh, yeah, only one that, that I could find. You look at the Ireland figure, 60 Irishmen. That's incredible. That yeah. is amazing. When you look at their what, what how good that is going to be for their international side, they're all playing in Ireland, mm-hmm. or the vast majority of them are playing in Ireland, um, if not all of them, in fact. Is there, in fact, is uh, there, is N- there a... Niall, Niall Morris. Niall uh, Morris, yeah. Is at Leicester. Yeah. And other than that, I think it's pretty much... So they're all playing at home, so their fans can all go and watch them and they turn out in big numbers. And in Munster, there's only two non-Irish players. Same as Leinster. Same as Leinster, and there's five for Ulster. So in the three <laughs> provinces that have made it to the quarterfinals, two of them with home ties, there's only nine people out of 69. It's quite incredible. 
That's absolutely, absolutely incredible. Incredible. How good is that for Ireland going into the Six Nations? Um, well, we'll see. We will at see. the end of the Six we Nations. But if you take the last international performances, i.e., the autumn internationals, and look at Wales's uh, performances compared to Ireland's performances, you'd argue that um, Ireland are in better form going into the Six Nations. Yes, you would. Or you you could argue that. However, have Wales ever had either a good summer tour or a good autumn internationals ever? True, and they do do tend to turn it on for the yeah. for the Six Nations. And what is more is the money doesn't seem to be... Well, it's, temp- it's tempting some players away, like Johnny Sexton left to go to yeah. Rustin Metro, because, and that's the reason they brought in Jimmy Gopeth. But it's interesting that the drain of players doesn't seem to be moving, like we've had word... Are that, those guys on central contract still? So? Sean. Sean O'Brien's contract was up for renewal, and he re-signed at Leinster, and it looks like Jamie Heaslip's doing the same. Now... There is and uh, this yeah, kind of, Paul O'Connell. This kind of links into the to the Paul O'Connell as well, yeah. Which is the, there's a new French t- TV deal. Have you, have you heard of this? There's a new French TV. Talk somewhere there's a new, <laughs> with the um, Canale, Canale, Canale Plus. Or what? And this works out right at fifty-eight million pound per year. Right, let's put this into perspective now. That's just for the top fourteen. The BT money for. Um, the Aviva. For the Aviva is eighty million over four years. And by the way, that money includes the new European Cup, which isn't going to be played. So it works out about twenty seven million. Ireland have just looked, they are centrally contracting their players. So O'Brien and O'Connell are centrally contracted. So they've got money coming from the IRFU and from Leinster and from, from Munster. Yeah, I, I, maybe you can ask because they have good sales and stuff. You know, they have good good, good crowds. Tic- yeah, good tickets. I, I don't know. I can't call it. What I love about the recruitment of foreign players to Irish provinces is how strategic they are. Yeah, that they, they it's it's always positions scrum half oh. number eight tight head prop. Do you know what the rules are? What the rule is if if Leinster get a, a fly half, um, Ulster Munster cannot aren't allowed a foreign fly half. Ah, really? Yeah. How do they barter for that? Then? I'm not entirely sure, but so I, if you think about a foreigner, try and find another foreigner in in the same position in one of the other teams. Well, we've got exactly the right things in front of us to do that. Excellent. Thanks to Phil's handout. Let's have a look. So, 15, you've got Jared Payne at Ulster. Uh, all the 14s are Irish. 13, you've got Casey Laulala mm-hmm. at Munster. Then all of the rest of the backs. Ten. Jimmy Gopeth. Jimmy Gopeth, um, fly half. At Leinster. At Leinster, scrum half, Ruin Pienaar at Ulster. Number eight, Nick Williams at Ulster. Uh, Second row, Johan Muller at Ulster. Uh, yeah. Tight head prop, John O'Foa at Ulster. And then... Well, what, BJ Boat is a tight head prop. But, I mean, tight head prop's tight head prop, isn't it? Yeah, tight head prop on the bench for... Uh, yeah, it, loosely it follows. I'd be interested, interested to know if that's a, uh, how uh, yeah. much of a role that is. Uh, that would all be on the back burner anyway because we've got LV Cup this weekend. Yes! Finally it's back. Squad players and young <laughs> under-21s do battle in the LV Cup. Recording all their loan players out from all the provincial teams. <laughs> Promoting an insurance company. <laughs> Uh, right, one final thing to do before we uh, before we depart, gents, and that is, well, one of a couple of things. We've got rugby okey to do. This oh, yeah. is where we celebrate. Oh, it's where we celebrate the the fact that rugby players seem to like to sing a, an incredible amount more than we ever thought that they would. It was mm. out, it's called Biziero rapping. Keep it kind of quiet. People on a diet. Scrum is straight. Tom is right. I don't deny it. 
There's Ben Foden. It is cheesy, but that's what we do, isn't it? All right, okay, Oh dearie me! Well, it's another team effort today, guys. How how long till Super Fifteen or Super Rugby returns? Three weeks, maybe. Yeah, it's mid middle of February. <laughs> I really love the way the Australians refer. Um, oh, all of those people uh, uh, refer to it as Super Rugby. Like the gap between international and club rugby. <laughs> super Rugby. <laughs> He's got a lot of super caps. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the New South Wales Waratahs doing a team effort. No. And can you think of a single team song that's ever gone well? That Saracens one was dreadful. The Munster one. Here yeah. we go. I was going to say, that we've got the... Uh, Boom. Boom. We've had a few terrible ones, like the London Worcester, Irish, like the Worcester, Irish. the Saracens. Are you surprised that the Worcester one's bad? The Munster, the Munster one yeah, it's great. is one of the best. It is one oh, of the, come, best. the best? Yeah. This is the Waratahs effort to try and inspire people to come and watch them. Stronger when united, our journey's just begun. Come with the sky blue, don't give in. If you want to put yourself through it and torture yourself, I'll um, I'll tweet that at Rugby Podcast. I just, uh, I just want a little little moan, but. You know what really irritates me, and that song just reminded me of someone that that someone that I know, is when people who have never showed interest in rugby whatsoever ever before in their lives decide to up sticks and and go to that cultureless hellhole which is Australia, and they come back and tell you how they went to watch a Super Rugby game, having never ever been to watch Sale or Gloucester or any teams with any real history, much like Australia, and then all of a sudden they go go and watch Waratahs. That song kind of. Conveyed the vacuous nature of Australia perfectly, actually. I'm glad you played it. I don't have said it when I heard the Saracens. I don't know what they're aiming for with that. There's this, it, uh, no, what's what that target? They still for run the, out to that song. Yeah. The, the they, they run out to that. But yeah, they play that. This is Saracens. They run out to it. Oh, you missed that on the video. There was a shot of. There's a shot of them doing their weights whilst singing the song. They're lip syncing the song whilst doing weights. <laughs> oh look. Young and old, northern soul. Do they think, like, just how much value can we get out of the Matt Stevens contract? He had a bunch of clauses in there, didn't he? Oh, we'll ha- dearie me. We'll howl at the moon while we, while we knock you about. Right, listen to Friday's podcast because we will be, as well as talking up the mighty matches in the LV Cup this weekend, yes. we're also going to be starting what is going to become uh, really big and hopefully a fixture in rugby clubs up and down the land in 2014. Yes, finally! The Egg Chasers Rugby Challenge. Finally! It's, uh, and there's some really top clobber that you can win as a result as well, including signed... BT Rugby Balls by Ben Kay and loads of other stars, signed shirts from Ospreys. And Dragons. 
uh, from the Dragons, mm-hmm. Newport Gwent Dragons. So real stars. And a Newcastle rugby one I know that yeah. JB's really excited about. A Newcastle rugby ball signed as well. So uh, keep your ears peeled on Friday for that. And um, we'll see you then. We've just heard some amazing music, but Phil, you've got the task to try and top that uh, well, as, as a song to sing us out. I think we owe Doug Mulliken on Twitter a bit of an apology. Um, for oh, he's been getting very angry about this. Yeah. Oh, is this yeah, is, we, this guy's really into semi, 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 semi thigh day, <laughs> semi and bingy, and bingy Marshall. Uh, yeah, so semi thigh day. So can we have Benji Marshall sing us out again, please? New Zealand is such <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand is such a difficult language to do an accent for. He been he about bingy. Bingy Marshall. I don't know. <laughs> That's good. That is very good. So, anyway, anyway, listen, we were getting it wrong. It's actually Benji Marshall on the guitar and Sam Thiday singing uh, a song. Yeah, that was fine. Yeah, that yeah, sounds right good. to me. Here we go then. See you Friday. Oh, yeah. Benji Marshall, Sam Thiday on the Footy Show Live. Big cheer, guys. Danny Wilder exclusive. Monday. Took her for a drink on Tuesday. Oh, we were making love by Wednesday. And on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, we chilled on Sunday. Monday. I took her for a drink on Tuesday. Oh, we been making love by Wednesday. And on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, we chilled on Sunday. One, two, three into the four. Benji and Sammy T knocking at your door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we about to rip it up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Benji and Sammy together, now you know you're in trouble. Monday, took her for a drink on Tuesday. We be making love by Wednesday. And on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, we chilled on Sunday. Thank you, boys.